Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, the latest Arcade Attack podcast. It's Adrian here, and I'm back with Dilsey. hey <laughs> And Keith. Hello. And Rob. It's clobbering time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't scare him off too much from last week. We've still got Chris with us. He hasn't given up an Arcade Attack quite yet. You're still here, mate. I'm still here. He's still here. <laughs> um, last, last week we spoke about Chris. You know, he's got his fingers in many pies, gaming, comics. We kind of looked at them as separate beasts in a weird way. We, we talked about the crossover slightly, but today we're going to go full comic book video games. <laughs> Aren't we, Rob? Is there anything we need to talk about before then? <clears throat> uh, yeah, well, before comic book video games, they were just comic books. What? And Wait, I suppose what? video games. What? But, <clears throat> but yeah, would you like to know where the comic industry has gone had gone and where it was and start uh, by what, the very first comic book video game, which I'm sure you're going to be telling us about in detail, Age. I've done some detailed <laughs> research. It's not like one of them slipped by or anything. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I, yeah, I also did some research. So here in, I want to say roughly five minutes, I haven't timed it, roughly five minutes, is the complete history of comic books. <laughs> I, just want to, I want to say that the original version of this was far longer. It went up to present day and included like Japanese and European comics. But I figured no one's going to want to hear a 15, 20-minute presentation thing. But I guess if people want, we can record that at some other time. Yeah. Anyway, collected versions of illustrated stories have been around uh, since the middle of the 1800s, like in various countries, including the U.S. First humorous comic strips began appearing in American newspapers a bit before the turn of the century. And by the early 1930s, both these and more serious strips are being put into like collected funny books, as they were called then. Now, eventually, the stock of existing material runs dry, and publishers begin putting out books with the original strips. The first all-original comic was called New Fun. It was later renamed More Fun, and was published by a company called National Allied Publications from 1935 onwards. Now, this was successful, and National Allied soon begins adding more regular titles. They're all anthologies, so like lots of different artists, uh, writers' stories. first one is called New Comics, which evolved into a title called Adventure Comics. Then in 1937 came Detective Comics, by then also the new name of the company. Then in 1938, a uh, title called Action Comics. Eleven stories in Action Comics, the lead story of which was called... Anyone? Superman. Superman, yes. Yes! <laughs> the very first superhero story in history and the start of what's known as the golden age of comic books. Superman was extremely popular from the start, and by issue 19, he was headlining action comics himself, which he still does to this day, 80 years uh, plus onwards. In March 1939, Det- Detective Comics number 27 introduces... Batman. Batman, correct. He was based on a bunch of existing pulp serial heroes and who initially used a gun, completely what? contrary to what he does mm. now. Uh, by now, a bunch of other superhero-focused publishers are springing up, including all-American publications, which introduced a string of characters throughout the 1940s, including The Green Lantern, The Flash, Wonder Woman, Hawkman, and The Atom, as well as the very first superhero team, the Justice Society of America. It would merge with Detective Comics in 1946 into a new company called National Comics, which would colloquially be known as DC. 
The other big player at this time, uh, or another big player, was Timely Comics. Uh, first comic they did was called Marvel Comics Number no. 1. Featured the Human Torch and Namor the Submariner. And it used kind of content provided by a packager company. You could do that. You could kind of hire these uh, people to kind of write your stories for you. But after it hit big, Timely hired writer-artist Joe Simon and artist Jack Kirby to oversee their work. And together they created Captain America in 1941. Third issue of Captain America featured a short story written by a 19-year-old office dog's body called Stanley Lieber under the pen name of Stanley. Stanley. Other notable companies at this time included MLJ, which by the mid-1940s would rename itself after what was by then its biggest property, Archie Comics, and Disney, which expanded from newspaper strips to like specialized comics, starting with Mickey Mouse in 1933, and soon taking in Carl Barks' legendary stories about Donald Duck and the extended Duck family, Huey, Dewey, Louie, Scrooge, etc., Superman crossed over into newspaper strips as early as 1939, and by 1940, he was the subject of a radio serial called The Adventures of Superman, which ran for 11 years back when radio was still big. Paramount released a bunch of Superman animated shorts between 1941 and 43, first time a character actually jumped from the comic book to the big screen. And by the 50s, televisions were first starting to really penetrate the living rooms of the U.S., and in 1952, a TV show starring George Reeves of Superman hit screens and ran for six years. In general, however, once World War II was finished, the popularity of superheroes began to really decline. Uh, while the big names stayed steady, especially at DC, the market begins to seriously diversify in comics into subgenres like uh, westerns, military romance, crime, sci-fi, and horror. The last one was particularly popular. Like the main horror publisher was this company called EC, which produced a bunch of titles. Uh, I think the most famous one is called Tales from the Crypt. Oh, yeah. uh, they were lurid, gory, gory, very successful, and if you were a kid, extremely exciting. <laughs> but it was also partially responsible for a backlash. In 1954, a psychiatrist called Frederick Wortham publishes a book called Seduction of the Innocent, which accused comic books of being a corrupting influence on children by exposing them to violence, sex, and drugs. Ooh. It also alleged that Batman and Robin were in a gay relationship. <laughs> That Wonder Woman was a coded lesbian, and that Superman, who had already taken on the Ku Klux Klan in the radio show, was fascistic. Uh, Comic books were dragged into the Senate subcommittee on juvenile delinquency that had begun the year before, and the negative publicity led the Comics Magazine Association of America, this was like a trade body for the comics industry, to create the Comics Code Authority, a code of conduct that banned profanity, depictions of horror, nudity, or quote-unquote undue exposure along with any comics that had the words horror, terror, or weird in their name. And they ruled that every story has to have a good triumph over evil and evil being punished. Uh, the result was that a lot of the genre comics were dropped or pretty much like declined pretty quickly, and superheroes began making a big comeback. It was the start of what we call the Silver Age of comics. Silver Age kicks off in 1956 when DC brings in new versions of classic characters like The Flash, Aquaman, Green Lantern, the ones we generally know today, to join established uh, stars they already had like Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Robin. And in 1960, they formed the Justice League with Martian Manhunter. In 1961, the concept of split universes is introduced when it's revealed the old 1940s characters in the Justice Society actually inhabit a different universe, like there's Earth 1 and Earth 2. Anyway, in general, these stories are very kid-friendly and very goofy. Like they're illustrated with colorful, dynamic covers. They usually show the characters in like wildly improbable situations. Uh, a lot of them are kind of meme fodder now. And Superman and Batman get addendum characters like Supergirl and Batwoman, and pets like Crypto and Ace the Bat Hound. Mm-hmm. 
Now, as a superhero craze faded in the 1940s, Timely had rebranded itself as Atlas Comics and kind of really focused on genre comics in the 50s. But by the middle of the decade, they're pretty much in a lot of financial trouble. Uh, Jack Kirby and Joe Simon had gone to the army in World War II, and in 1947, they'd had huge success putting together the first ever romance comic called Young Romance. But by 56, Simon's gone into advertising, and Jack Kirby joins Atlas Comics and begins to flex his artistic muscles on anthology books like Strange Tales, Strange Worlds, Journey into Mystery, Tales of Suspense, and Tales to Astonish. Atlas renames itself Marvel Comics in 1961, and later that year publishes a comic featuring a brand new superhero team called... Anyone? The Fantastic Four, (laughs) which combines Kirby's innovative art with Stan Lee's writing. And buoyed by the book's success, Lee creates a raft of characters also intended to appeal to a more teenage audience. He co-created most of them with Jack Kirby. The Incredible Hulk debuts in May 1962, three months before Spider-Man first appears in Amazing Fantasy number 15. And Thor uh, has his first story in Journey to Mystery number 83, the, the same month. The first Iron Man Ant-Man story was in Tales to Astonish number 27 in January, like 63, saw the first appearances of Iron Man, Nick Fury, and Doctor Strange, and the first issues of the Avengers and the X-Men, followed by Daredevil number one in 1964, and Captain America is thought out from the ice the same year. In contrast to um, DC, these characters are largely outcasts in the world, like they can be selfish, argumentative, or physically hideous, and they frequently delve into Cold War politics, like unlike DC, which is very kind of hived off in its own bubble, and many of them don't have secret identities. Like that combined with Kirby and like uh, Steve Ditko, the other kind of big artists at the times, psychedelic art makes some huge hits on university campuses. Something else that's proven popular with the university age group was the Batman TV show, starring mm-hmm. Adam West. <laughs> Adam West. Jiminy Cricket is. <laughs> which Davies in 1966, in which dials up the campier elements of the comic and adds a real pop art visual aesthetic. It was a huge hit at the time on TV, and cartoon versions of Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four also debut around that time. While mainstream comics had to adhere to the comics book, comics code, a thriving underground scene was beginning to form in where else? San Francisco. That combined a, con- a countercultural attitude with sex and far left politics. Titles like The Fabulous Fairy Freak Brothers and Zaf Comics by R. Crumb, which feature characters like Fritz the Cat and Mr. Natural, were pretty much the most famous of that group. And along with Will Eisner's uh, late kind of 70s book, Contract with God, uh, is regard, which was regarded as the first graphic novel, pretty much those things are what lay the groundwork for the independent comic explosion that takes place from the mid-80s onwards. Uh, going back to like the early 70s, at that point, American comics got darker, I guess reflecting wider disillusionment in the country, and it enters what people know as the Bronze Age. Spider-Man's girlfriend, Gwen Stacy, dies as he tries to save her from the Green Goblin, and the Green Lantern teams up with Green Arrow to travel across America and deal with real social issues like drug addiction and racism. Uh, the comics code begins to loosen a bit around this time. Like they let drug use be depicted if the story is judgmental enough, and they allow classic versions of horror characters like Dracula or Frankenstein to be in there. Like Marvel begins to really diversify from superheroes into kind of new style characters like Conan the Barbarian, Red Sonya, and Howard the Duck. Uh, you know, we spoke last week about how uh, comic book movies weren't have always been pretty bad. Well, there you go. And uh, this period also saw more black heroes being introduced, like notably Luke Cage, Blade, Green Lantern, Jon Stewart, and a member of the X-Men called Storm. Uh, 
Hmm. Speaking of, of the X-Men, they were also rejigged around this time. Like the original group of Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast, Iceman, and Angel are replaced by a new multinational, multiracial team that includes Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, and Wolverine. Like it's pretty notable that from here onwards, pretty much every new breakout character in comics starts dark. Like Wolverine is first shown probably the year before trying to take down the Hulk. The Punisher debuts the same year. This is 1974. It's a Spider-Man villain. While well, Ghost Rider and Swamp Thing come in, and you know they wouldn't have looked out of place in an EC horror comic. Mm-hmm. Superhero cartoons, on the other hand, are, like stuck thematically in the Silver Age 60s. Super Friends was like the main DC offering that runs for over a decade from 1973, whereas uh, Marvel bring back new versions of Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four cartoons in the late 70s, early 80s. Now, late 70s, both DC and Marvel are really falling on hard times financially. They expanded their rosters hugely, but they're completely unable to deal with uh, both staff repeatedly missing deadlines or turning shoddy work. Mm. And also the fact that they don't really have the direct market to rely on. Like, there's no real big network of specialist comic shops that that would swing up in subsequent decades. They're all... All the comic books were sold on newsstands. And the huge number of returns means they're hemorrhaging money. Like, both companies cut things pretty much to the bone, but both were, in effect, bailed out by the movies. Marvel licensed the rights to Star Wars before its release in 1977, and the comic book adaptation turns into a goldmine for the company. First issue sells a million copies, about four times as much as its next biggest seller, The Amazing Spider-Man, would a month. Uh, And meanwhile, DC's good luck charm comes in the other direction. Released in 1978 with a $55 million budget, Superman was the most expensive film ever made at the time. Nearly $4 million of that budget going to Marlon Brando, who played Jor-El, Superman's dad, <laughs> and $2 million to Gene Hackman, who played Lex Luthor. Despite not being able to get Robert Redford or Burt Reynolds to star in it, they were both approached. It ends up taking in $300 million and was the year's biggest film in the U.S., yeah. Uh, which neatly brings us to 1979, uh, the release of the first ever video game based on a comic book, which is Superman on the Atari 2600. It is. It is. Um, that was seamless, get... wasn't it? That was yeah, that was right, seamless. Yeah. Rob, mate, you deserve a round of applause for that. Ooh. Well done, well done, mate. Yeah. Um, before I, I, I was listening to a podcast a few months ago, and I just want to hear sort of an interesting about the Batman TV series. Um, apparently. You know Burgess Meredith, who played Penguin? And uh, someone else, yes. No, we're not talking about the other role he did. But apparently he was so well-liked and so well-respected on the Batman set that they would almost write him in last minute, saying, oh, let's try and get Burgess in. You know, we, we, He's one of our favourite actors in the show. And they'd randomly write him in just to be in, in episodes he wasn't scheduled to be in. So I think he appears quite a lot. I don't know if he's the biggest appearing villain in those shows, but I know that he's, he, he was written in all the time if they could get him in. Uh, yeah, like um, I think that him and Cesar Romero as the Joker were probably the two main villains. Mm. But they were like a bunch of cat women and man, some of the guest stars in that, like Anne Baxter, Roddy McDowell, Vincent Price, Liberace, I think was in one. Uh, Tallulah Bankhead, like classic old movie star. A lot of this footage is actually online. Mm. Like Tallulah Bankhead is like Madame Widow or something like that, or Black Widow, and like she plays every scene. She looks like she's heavy and sounds like she's heavily drunk. <laughs> I don't know, but man, those shows are fun. Yeah, and we got to love um, the Simpsons spin-off episode, don't we? That's brilliant with uh, Radioactive Man and oh, uh, yeah. Bill House. Yeah. Right, what is the first ever superhero, or who was the first ever superhero to to appear in a video game? I think I just said it, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> About twenty minutes ago, I thought it was Superman, uh, Spider-Man, but it's actually Superman, believe it or not. Superman, 
He, <laughs> he had an action-adventure game in the Atari 2600, designed by John Dunn and published by Atari. What is, this is pretty cool, though. It is the first ever single-player game for the system. Uh, well, obviously, I, you know, which I found quite odd, but the early Atari 2600 games are what, mainly two-player, maybe, like Pong and so forth. Um, and I love this. Superman, the actual game, was built using the prototype code made by friend of the show, Dylan, Warren Robinette. But he hates us. A- he's not really a friend, is he? <laughs> <laughs> he thinks we're damn amateurs, and he's probably correct. So. Yeah. We, he is we, our we, friend, but we're not his friend. Remind That's me it. why he hates us. So basically, basically, like, you know, a lot of our interviews are we just write some questions, email it across, and then whoever we've chosen will ping in their answers and send it back to us. He completely changed (laughs) the order of the questions. And he was like, I think this bit will go here. Well, (laughs) and it actually fair play to him. Yeah, his version was better. It was better. I don't think he liked me asking which which video game character he'd most like to drink with. That was just no. He was like, "Why are you asking me this question, you utter morons?" (laughs) You're wasting my time. Yeah, you're wasting. Fantastic question. I love that. (laughs) No, he did did not like it, mate. No, no, he's he's, no. Well, he's a smart Uh, guy. We're 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 low. We're we're like down there. We're like yeah. We're like we're like bottom feeders compared to Um, but yeah. We should probably ask Chris that question because we didn't ask him last week. Yes. Oh, yeah. That'll Chris? be a nice segue. Okay. Yeah, that'll be a nice segue who, to Chris. Who, actually. So the the video game character I would uh, I would drink with uh, it might be. Let me see, oh, that is a brilliant question, and it's it's hard. I'll tell you the comic book character I would drink with. Uh, probably be John Constantine. So, uh you know, John likes drinks, so it'll probably be probably be John. Um, and the video game character, I think, would probably be maybe Bison from uh, Street Fighter, just to yes. find out why he's why he's so evil. <laughs> <laughs> For you, Chris, what? it was a Tuesday. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> why is he, why is he so evil? It would be. It would actually be the movie version. It would be. Ra- it would be Raul Julia. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah he'd, he'd be. Uh, he would probably be fun to. You know, have an orange just or a drink with you know, and yeah. uh, you know that, that version of that version of, of bison. You know, hard so, to get a word. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't get any words in. You wouldn't need to. He, no, he, just just listen to him. He wouldn't get the rounds in either. I bet he's a type bugger as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you don't become like a megalomaniac owner of Shadowloo. You know, if you're you know yeah. if, if you're spending the money, you know. Yeah, so. you'd have to bring your bison dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bison no. dollars. Yeah, bison yeah, dollars. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ace, what? Sorry, go ahead. Uh, it's a great cartoon series. If anybody hasn't seen it yet, it's the Street Fighter Two cartoon series, brilliant. Okay, I like the original manga film um, mm. cartoon one, obviously. Um, Popeye was Popeye a comic? Rob, you'd know this. No, he was more of an animated cartoon character. Right. I think there were Popeye comics, but I don't think. Well, I, well, the, apparently the Popeye video game, the arcade game. Here we go. <laughs> For the purposes of Adrian's research, we'll say it was. <laughs> Adrian's research <laughs> was released in the arcade. No, but this is quite cool. Uh, 1982. So that's that's when we were born. Um, actually, I don't know what year you were born, Chris, but that's a lot of us dudes, isn't it? We're old people now. Mm. Um, the Popeye characters were originally going to be used in the game that later became a little game called Donkey Kong. A little game, yeah. But Nintendo could not get the license to use the characters. Could you imagine? Um, so Mario and Donkey Kong 
you know, they, they had to think of on their feet a little bit. Um, apparently, a guy called Ben Falls holds the world record of a score of 3,023,060 points earned on the December 20th, 2011. Oh, stop a Popeye. That is Popeye. mental. Uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can, was released again in 1982, again the Atari 2600, made by the Parker Brothers. They don't just make board games. <laughs> and it was the, both the first video game to feature Spider-Man and the first Marvel comic book-based video game. We, I played that the other day. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Nicky, me and my son played it on, um, I think it was on the Retro Pie. And you have to, you basically just start at the bottom of a building and you have to kind of web your way up and climb the building um, and just bad guys pop up at the windows and you have to avoid them. And if they touch you, obviously you fall to the bottom and that's it, you lose a life. And that was basically it. But, you nice. know, it was quite good fun. Do you reckon you have basically. the record for the biggest score in a few years? Just like Bill? Uh, probably not. Yeah, go Keith. <laughs> Maybe a few days ago, I spoke to Chris on the phone and we were talking about some text adventures, some graphical adventures. And I think I found them, Chris. They Quest Probe? Quest Probe, one word. Yes. One word. Now, yep. Quest, then, Chris, I'll do a little intro and, and you can always chip in. But Quest Probe is a trilogy of graphical adventures which feature Marvel comic book characters and the three games. Who are the three main characters? There's three, who are the main characters in each of the games? Do you want to have a little guess? I think Chris will know, but Rob or Dilsey or, or Keith Meister? Got to be Spidey. Uh, Spider-Man Spider be- is in there, yep. Is there a Captain America one? No. No, um, I'm thinking of something else. Okay. Well, there, w- there was supposed to be a lot more in the series, but it was cancelled after three games. So I bet I bet it would have been there. Uh, do you want the other two? Is it, any, is it groups or like, is it people? People. Oh, no. Um, yeah, no, no, it's, it's four people, actually. Maybe there's two in one. Uh, Hulk? Hulk is one of them. And I think this, the last game before it was cancelled was Human Torch and Thing. There you go. Oh, okay. um, and friend of the show, Dylan, Scott Adams. Yes. We like Legend. Scott, don't we? Yeah. He, he, de- he designed these games. Real text adventure, um, you know, legend. He's like one of the, the like grandfathers of text-based adventuring, isn't he? And he didn't change the order of our questions. when we, when we No, he didn't. No. <laughs> He's actually nice to us. Yeah. He is. Um, so, yeah, originally there was going to be um, – how many games I've got – there's going to be so many releases for this, but they released it on many uh, consoles, Atari 8-bit, uh, Spectrum, Commodore 16, Commodore 64. Um, there's going to be new versions, new games every year released. Ah, oh, 12 games. There's going to be 12 games, but Adventure International's bankruptcy, well, basically drew a line of it. So there's, what game was cancelled? What was going to be the mythical fourth title? I think this would, could have been a game changer. Um, I don't I don't know the title, but I know he had starred. Oh, so X-Men. It is X-Men. Yeah. Now, I haven't played these Quest Probe games, um, Chris. Have you played them? What sort of games are they? How would you describe them? Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, text-based adventure. Uh, John Romita Jr. is actually credited for some of the arts. Now, uh, that's interesting. I would love to find out from uh, Scott Adams if, if he meant that it was the art in the game. Because the art in the game, if you, if you Google it, it's good stuff. You know, they're static, static images. Um, the one I'm most familiar with is the Hulk game. And some of the solutions to the problems were a bit esoteric. Uh, for example, you know, you start in a room as Bruce Banner. You're tied to a chair. What do you do? <laughs> you know, so, you know, you, you type rock chair backwards and forwards. Mm. That doesn't work. 
uh, you know, try to free yourself. That doesn't work. What you've got to do is bite your, you've got to bite your lip. Then you get angry and turn into the Hulk. <laughs> and you're out of the chair. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, it's, right. it's, an, it's ingenious in one way, but yeah. not the best game another. design. Yeah. yeah, it's not the best game design. I mean, uh, who, who are you really aiming those games for? It's probably kids, right? It's not going to be. It's not going to be adults. They're not going to go gonna... bite, bite your lip to make yourself angry. No, they're not going to go. No. no, you know. So I'd love to find out if it was actually John Romita who did the art for the game. Or the manual. Uh, I could always ask old Scotty boy, you know. Uh, yeah, I've had a quick look at the manual, and the game manuals are, are lovely. They're, they're beautiful. Ah. Uh, artwork and stuff. In them. It's a shame. It, 12 games is quite a lot. I don't think there's many games with a 12-game series full stop. But do you reckon that's a little bit over the top, Chris? Or do you think it could have gone on? Um, I think it could have gone on, but not in the same. I mean, you'd have to have improvements. Uh, I mean, I have. I used to play a lot of text-based adventures. Mm-hmm. Um uh, just because I like the ingenuity, the uh, you know, linguistic ingenuity. Um, but yeah, you would have to have some sort of scum system, uh, yes, like Emo or something like that. Mm-hmm. You'd have to, they would have to have gone to that um, level. But I think uh, the, the comic book characters are great for that sort of adventure, sort of adventure titles. I think that's, that's something that's not really been mined a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not there. Uh, you've got like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, maybe the X Men Legends series for adventure type games, but you're still controlling them for controller. I would like to see something a little bit more comic book based for you point and click. And Interesting. Yeah, because most most comic book games are action based, aren't they? They're more platformy, ad- adventure style, you know, yeah. guns are blazing kind of attitude. But yeah, I quite like it when games that don't belong in a certain genre, maybe on paper at least, I like when they try that. I think it works quite well sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thinking outside the box, um, you know, uh, looking at a, a new audience. Uh, but I could see, I could see something like I think there's some maybe Tin Man Games did a few superhero-based sort of uh, choose your own adventure style books for mobile. Mm. I might be wrong on that, but you know, it could be a great that could be a great genre to get into. So, um, you know, maybe Scott had the right idea. He just uh, he just maybe he needs to bring out more. No, why not? Mm. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe that could be a thing. We have to get him on the show. Maybe try and get him on a podcast. We can ask him, wouldn't we? Yeah. To be fair, um, I've got now three games in a row. They, they 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 came out maybe two or three years apart. I've lumped them together because they start our favourite comic book hero, who is Batman. Batman. Okay. Batman. The first Batman. It might not be the first Batman. But I've got it here. One of the early ones is a 1986 3D isometric action-adventure game by Ocean Software on the Amstrad and ZX Spectrum. I've played yeah. that. Oh, my What'd God. You think? I remember playing it back, and I thought it was amazing. Isometric. Was, but looking back, it was... Uh... <laughs> 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 Wouldn't be able to play it these days, but, yeah, it was, yeah. It was beautiful back in those days. I, I saw from, some screenshots. It does look very impressive. A mate from my old primary school had it. He had, like, the, the Amstrad set up and everything, and it was... Beautiful times, beautiful times. I have got it. It was the first Batman game developed, so that's a good few years after good old Superman. He had to wait his turn. But was John, two... Rit- was John Ritman, was it? That, that? Uh, John Ritman might have done that, yeah, I think so. There you go. Very vague memories of that, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty good at the time. What, I like this one, Batman 2. I, don't, I haven't played this either. The, the Caped Crusader, another game made by uh, Ocean, made by Jonathan Smith, Zach Townsend, Charles Davis, and Keith uh, Tinman. Um, 1988. Uh, 
it's an interesting. I looked at these screenshots. I'm really interested to look at this. It uses, I think, the first game to use a unique style by Jonathan Smith and Charles Davis. It displays the action through kind of comic book panels. Um, so it involves each game location set in its own panel with that real. This is proper meta when the comic book and the games really merged. Now, I think this is the first time it's been used. Obviously, what game took that concept and expanded it no end? Comic Zone. Boom, exactly. We'll talk about Comic Zone a bit later because it's really interesting they did there. But anyone play that particular Batman game? Nope. No. Uh, no but it does look good. I did. I actually Ooh. got it when I was a kid and okay. loved the fact mm-hmm. that there was two games in one. Uh, didn't get very far in it, um, but I loved the whole, the whole idea of it, style of it. Uh, Dan Dare, he's another comic book um, character from The Eagle. Uh, and 2008, actually in the 70s. Um, he has three games out. was for mm-hmm. the Amstrad Commodore 64 Spectrum uh, Amiga. And it was done in a very similar style where you've got the comic book sort of script appearing. So you move into a new screen and a comic book script kind of appear and sort of tell you where you were. And uh, there was little comic book segues. Uh, yeah, beautiful styling. Mm. The third Batman game, or known as Batman the Movie, which is a game that I've played, uh, might be the first comic book game I've properly played, actually, um, is really well known for Amiga owners. Have you played that, Dylan? I have played it, and Chris has Chris Chris reviewed a huge it fan. for the site. Yeah, yes, it is, he did. It, is, it, is, yes, it is a great game, actually, and it really shows off sort of what the Amiga was, was capable of. But when, when, what year was it released? 1989, the same year as, oh, the, same year as the film. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, this is really yeah. cool. This is brilliant. Commodore, they reached a great agreement with Ocean that they would bundle the game with every Amiga 500 computer. Mm, yeah. uh, between October 1989 and September 900, A500 machines were sold in the United Kingdom in Batman-themed boxes. I mean, it's, it's just the box is black with the Batman logo. Have you seen them? Absolutely incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it also bundled in New Zealand Story, good game, uh, FA18 Interceptor and Deluxe Paint 2. Um that's a great How, bundle, man. That is a, if, the, if, you're getting a a, great, if you're getting a computer, a that is a great bundle. The initial commission was 10,000 units, but how many were sold? It's so popular. How many were sold during that kind of uh, run between October and September? Mm. Got the exact figure here. 85,000? Uh, uh, Dylan said 100, would you say, Rob? 100,000. 85? Rob said 85,000. Do you know what? Add the two together, Bob's your uncle. 186,000. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most successful Amiga bundle ever sold by Commodore. Wow. Which I thought the cartoon pack would take it personally, but there you go. Mm. Oh, yeah, your lovely cartoon pack. Well, <laughs> Captain Planet. <laughs> I had the desktop dynamite one, and that was bad. But, oh, my God, yeah. that, that Batman one. Oh, yeah, legendary. He was so lucky. Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't play Batman on the Amiga until like ninety three, ninety four. So, and even then, it looked great because it had like the racing yeah. bits and stuff in it. Oh yeah, and people were waxing lyrical about the Mega CD version of um, Batman Returns and stuff for the same reason. So it was a bit odd. I was like, "There's an Amiga game that does that already." <laughs> but, <laughs> say uh, where? <laughs> say what? Um, say but, where? Yeah, yeah. Very cool game. Um, very cool. It's a very cool. I've got another great game here. It, it's maybe going a slightly different direction. It's an, an arcade game. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> based on a comic book, though. But it's made by Konami. X-Men. Um, X-Men. Now, this is, I've, I've loved this arcade machine, and I'm, we can talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and blah, blah, blah. But this is a, obviously a side-scroller beat-em-up based on the Marvel comics at the same time. And why was this arcade a bit different to most? Wasn't there like a six-player cabinet oh, or something? Yeah. 
Konomi made a six-player version of the game utilizing <laughs> two screens house in a deluxe cabinet. Um, what players can you play as uh, mm. in this particular game? I've got the list here. Cyclops. Cyclops. Wolverine. Wolverine. Colossus. Colossus. Storm, surely. Storm. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Jubilee? Nope. Uh, who did we miss? Jean Grey or Beast, I guess, the other? Nah. Nope. Do you want it? Probably not Professor X. No, and I haven't actually heard of this character, so hopefully there's not a mistake. Dazzler? <laughs> it's Dazzler. Dazzler. It's Dazzler. Dazzler. Right, the reason how I know that oh. is that that machine was based on a pilot X-Men animated series show called Pride. It's Pride of the X-Men. Yes, it is. Oh, yes. come out. Isn't that right? Uh, I, re- I remember that because um, when I was doing some research whenever I was working on X-Men, I did a wee bit of research on that uh, and watched some of the animated shows. And that was the, that was, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just coming back to me now. Yeah, Dazzler, yeah. I was a fan and uh, they should make a Dazzler yeah. spin-off game, just Dazzler. Dazzler's crazy game. Would you play that? Yeah, everyone loves Dazzler. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows who Dazzler is, mate. Bobby yeah. Dazzler. Dazzler. Bobby <laughs> Dazzler. <laughs> um, no, but, but Rob did mention teen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was a comic before the cartoon. Yes, it was. Yeah. It, counts. So I, it does count if she counts. If Popeye counts, that definitely counts. <laughs> Popeye, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna eat my spinach. Um, but some of the some of the comic arcade games that are are amazing, weren't they? Back in the day, you know. Um, maybe teenage. Do you reckon Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles was better than X Men then? Personally. I, I don't really more. remember playing much of the X-Men ones, to be honest. All right. I remember seeing the six sc- version. I couldn't believe yeah. it. Six people. It must have been on a holiday somewhere, but six people playing at the same time. It was absolutely incredible. I couldn't X-Men believe what I was had, seeing. X-Men had uh, quite good speech as far as I remember as well, you know, but it was dodgy speech because I remember when Magneto appears. It's very, very dodgy. Yeah, it's uh-huh. a bit... Uh, but the tur- I think the Turtles game has a, has a greater place in my heart just because... I was growing up with that, and that was the uh, that was one of the first uh, games I had for the Amstrad. It was actually yeah. Turtles Two that I know. So yeah. Well, I haven't got much more to say. I've got another sort of big game here that I want to talk about, which we spoke about a second ago, Comic Zone, which officially isn't a game based on a comic, really, is it? But let's mm. let's you know let's roll with it. It's a 1995 sort of size corner beam up again, published by Sega for the Genesis or the Mega Drive. Uh, it is set within the panels of a comic book um, with dialogue rendered with uh, talk bubbles and sprites. Um, looks lovely. Um, I think the only, game, the only game it did before we mentioned was, was Batman, the Cape Crusader, but this is great. Comic Zone stretches idea so far that they actually applied for a, a, a patent for a video game system for creating a simulated comic book game. And that patent, I think, is still in um, process today. How amazing is that? Hmm. How many... still, still patent pending on that, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, and actually, the concept for the game originated from, from an Amiga title, a demo, called Joe Pencil Trapped in the Comic Zone. Um, Animated by Peter Morawick, Morawick, who I actually tweeted yesterday. Do you remember that? Didn't I tweet and say, you're up for an interview? Oh, that's who uh, he was. All right. Yeah, that's I was what wondering who you were tweeting. Because <laughs> he made comics and a few other big titles, but he hasn't got back to me yet. Um, yeah, and it, it was also ported to Windows by Sega PC. It was also, there's also a Game Boy Advance version. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
the game is hidden, I love this, within the Japanese version of Sonic Mega Collection and can be unlocked in all versions of uh, Sonic Mega, Mega Collection Plus by having a Sonic Hedgehog game save or by starting all other Genesis games at least 50 times. So if you've got that particular cool. collection, you've got to play each game 50 times. Oh, I'm nowhere near that and I've got that collection. <laughs> <laughs> it's hidden. Um, look, we, I could talk... A, Rob, man, you've seen the list. There's hundreds, maybe thousands of games based on video on comics. Um, it's stupendous. There's Alien vs. Predator. There's Alien. There's Alien 3. There's Alien vs. Predator the Arcade. There's, there's AVP 2. It's just mad. I, we could talk. That's just the A's. Um, I've got the list <laughs> in front of me here. It's mind-boggling. We could talk about it all day. Is there any huge games you think deserve a quick mention that help sort of shape the kind of early days of comic book video games? Have I missed uh, any? Yeah, I can name some, unless other people want to go first. I was surprised you didn't mention Batman on the NES. I've done three of them, man. I can't do everything. We've mentioned a lot of Batman Batman already, but that's a big one, I think. Right, yeah. That Mm. people remember. Fair days. Yeah. They they included extra bad guys in that game as well, from the comics. So it follows the movie, but you got... uh, You got a couple of extra bad guys from the comics and Sunsoft's Batman. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, I can tell you my three. Do it. Um, <clears throat> late 80s on the NES, Captain America and the Avengers. It's like you can be the Captain America or Hawkeye, and you have to, I think maybe terrorists are trying to blow up. They've set bombs in different parts of the countries, and you've, it's like a platform game. And uh, you can shoot arrows or like hit people with your shield, and it's fun. So that's completely different from Captain America and the Avengers, the side-scrolling beat-em-up different game it's kind of like it is side scroller it's like kind of plat- maybe it's the same game like a platform beat em up type thing because that was an arcade game and then it came that was on the mega drive sort of i don't know if it was 91 92 and you you could pick between captain america iron man hawkeye and vision yeah i have a feeling it's probably adapted from that but it's one of those okay. adaptations where they had to downgrade it a lot yeah 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 i've got four captain america games just on this list so there you go but yeah, I was going to say that uh, game we've already covered on its own separate episode, and I think we spoke a little bit about the comic uh, at the beginning of that. Robocop versus Terminator. Oh, of course, Ooh. yes, yeah, yeah. Comes from like the uh, Frank Miller comic, and uh, last of all, I don't see how we can go through this episode and not mention it: Marvel vs. Capcom. Oh, yep. yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's amazing. All of those fair. Marvel versus Capcom games are, are great, aren't they? Stunning. It's so good at kind of capturing the spirit of the characters and kind of putting it in that whole Street Fighter universe. Even though, obviously, some of it doesn't really make sense in terms of actual abilities, but, yeah. Cyclops. I love it when you Cyclops, the, the, his laser goes, Boom! just like mm. that. <laughs> <laughs> just you and me. <laughs> we are. I think I like Modok in that. Like, I can't remember which game it is, where you can be Modok and this, like, massive head. Like yeah, just, like, tiny a, kind of just like a floating head, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think it's I only, second. Yeah, I just wish Dazzler was in it. That's the only big regret. Hmm. <laughs> 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 well, look. How about present day uh, video games? Really quickly, we're not. We are retro. We don't talk about modern day. But I know that Dylan's a big fan of Spider Man. He's got a good story about this. What? Which Spider Man? <laughs> what Spider Man? <laughs> On the PS4. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. So, this story, God, tell the story. People are going to start hating me now. So, 
You know my slight aversion to current gen gaming, right? So, yo, before you go on, go on. Is this? Are you going to slate Spider Man on the PS4? Uh, no. Okay. It's just, Only because Nicky loved it. Nicky loves it. It's just. It's just. Have you not heard the story? This is a great story, Dylan. Man, oh, I want. This is. This is not my finest hour. Actually, I don't know. Maybe it is. Um, so my grand-in-law wanted to get me like a Christmas present. When, when was it released? It must have been late 2018, wasn't it? So, and it was, um, and Spider-Man, was, it was ridiculously priced. And I was like, oh, I heard really good things about it. And, oh, just give me some Amazon vouchers. And, you know, I can, I can then, I can then kind of get it. And then Amazon do this thing where they drop prices of stuff ridiculously for like a week and i always kind of go in the little offers bit and spider-man ps4 was there spider-man ps4 was there i was like ooh, and it was they'd reduce it to something like 30 quid or 25 quid it was ridiculous and i was like i have my amazon voucher i can get it so i was like yeah all right yeah got ps4 okay great i'll go spider-man <laughs> so then a day later it came in the post obviously and then so i put it in and oh yeah i install it okay that takes a little while that's okay. All right. Now starting it. Okay. This is look, this is looking good. Okay. Oh man, I'm dodging a lot. Oh man, I'm fighting a lot. Oh God, this is a bit intense. I've got like, oh, this is a, I'm like, I suppose you meant it like easy win. Cause I, if anyone playing Spider-Man PS4 knows that you go through all the, the buildings and stuff and it teaches you how to do the, the web slinging and the, um, the shield thing and lots of other things. I thought, my God. This is way too complicated for me, man. <laughs> this is way too complicated for me. So what I did was, like, the trade-in value was actually more than what I paid for it. You're a bad man. <laughs> so I went down to game. I went down to game on Croydon High Street, and I was kind of looking around, and, and I saw um, something that had also been reduced mm. to £50 was a PlayStation Classic. Uh, so... I wouldn't like, I said, I said to the girl behind the counter, I said, um, have you got any of those PlayStation classics left? And she was like, are you kidding? They had like a whole, like a whole chop full of them. So I said, oh, I'm just going to, can I just ready trade to bury them? them all in the desert? Can I just, yeah. yeah, it's not as bad as ET. Um, but, um, so I said, can I just trade in? This lovely minty copy of Spider-Man on PS4. For a PlayStation Classic. Oh. I think she might have said something, I'm paraphrasing, but like something along the lines of, are you mad? What can you do with this? But <laughs> I'm, like, right? I'm like, I can hack it. I, I, I can hack it and you can get like a little remote, um, like 8, 8-bit do do like a little remote thing that you can use your PS4 controller and stuff with it. And she was like, all right, well, you're going to come back in and tell me how you went with this. And I'm like, oh yeah, of course, of course. So I went proudly out the store with my PS Classic. <laughs> So that was that was me and Spider Man PS4. It's a true story. Haven't played it since. Haven't played it since. <laughs> so I haven't bothered like picking up for cheap or anything like that. I just found it too intense, mate. It was just way too many controls and I suppose if you're good at kind of current gen stuff then 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 you'll get on with it. But I, I, I just couldn't. I thought it was too combat heavy as suit like the foot you know, the first bits of the like you should you should be should like you could be, you know, swinging around the streets and getting used to the you know, the layout of everything. And I just thought the way it kind of threw you in straight away with the boss fights and everything straight away, I just, yeah, I just didn't like it. Oh, the King you King ever read fight right at the beginning, isn't it? Okay, you all talked at once, oh. right? So what? 
How dare you, Dylan? Keith first. The kingpin boss fight's right near the beginning, isn't it? It is, and I was like, yeah. why, why am I doing a boss fight already? This is that too hard. Quite, yeah, <laughs> that too... was quite intense to start with, actually. Why did they do... Uh, you know, I, I don't know, the, I don't know how many injust- times it's possible. The Injustice series is good. Uh, I I really enjoy it. The storyline's fantastic. Uh, okay, they copped out a bit, and it's an Elseworlds one, but, you know, an evil Superman, the evil despotic Superman. Um... And the second game's fantastic as well. You know, if you like those kind of modern um, superhero titles. Oh God, I found those boring as well, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't don't oh. get me started on injustice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mate. I don't. Too we much fighting we again? were friends. Yeah, we were friends at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Um, Rob, Rob, you said something earlier. Obviously, when you when when you were keeper trying talking, what, what were you said? Yeah. Have you ever read a Spider-Man comic? There's quite nope. a lot of fighting in it. <laughs> Dylan, have you ever read a comic? Spider-Man <laughs> comics are like at least probably 40% fighting, 40% Peter being late for something, and then like agonizing about it. So in your, <laughs> in, in your opinion then, does the PS4 game sound like it is true to the comic? Yeah, it's, uh, from what I've seen, it seems pretty good, yeah. Then its like, job is done. The, uh... Then its job is done. It doesn't need me, so its job is done. <laughs> you like the Arkham games though, don't you, Dylan? I was I about know. to ask the same question. The Arkham games. The Arkham games, but again, they've got a better um, difficulty curve. So they you get used to um, Arkham Asylum or mm. the you know Arkham City, and you know you, it, it eases you in better. I like those games. Um, yeah, I was going to be my shout for sort of current super, current-ish superhero games. Mm-hmm. I love the Arkham games. I think they're fantastic. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to feel like Batman. The and they're dirt cheap now. You can get them free on yeah. Oh, yeah. services, and yeah, yeah. yeah it's, there's, there's, I think I got. I think no I got Arkham Knight on PS Plus. There you go. There's no reason not to play those games now because they are, they are just giving them away. There's one more modern game that I want to talk about. It's kind of modern. It's called Scribble Notes Unmasked. Have you guys heard of that before? Nope. I know. I know. Chris has. Yeah. Now, I used to play the Scribblenauts games quite a lot on the DS. They're very clever games. You literally, you've you got to solve puzzles, really. You need to get to stars. And you might sort of jump over a ditch. And you have to write, if you write in the word ladder, a ladder will appear, and you can sort of climb over the ditch. You, think, you name it, anything can be built. Um, now, I haven't played Scribblenauts Unmasked, but Chris, apparently it's tied in with the Marvel Universe. Is that right? DC. It's oh, DC. DC. So, right. yeah, I mean, it starts off that you get sucked into the DC universe, and it's it's a little darker than the, uh, the original Scribble Nuts because the first bad guy you encounter is Zaz, ooh. and he's complete with his little killer. yeah, ooh. he's complete with the little marks on his body, and you have to help uh, Commissioner Gordon uh, capture him, um, and then you go up against uh, Two Face, I think it is. Could you, and Batman, Chris? Can you just give an example how you might do that level? Because I don't think Dylan and Keith Rob... Actually... Yeah, I would type in... Uh, you played it for PC, so I would type in something like Lasso, and you'd Lasso, Lasso, yeah. and then you would tie uh, Zaz up, or you could type Machine Gun, and then it generates a Machine Gun, and you'd shoot him. Mm. Um, you know, Rocket Launcher. Uh, fluffy Teddy Bear works as well, mm. so you can, you can type in Fluffy <laughs> Teddy Bear, and you can throw Fluffy Teddy Bear at him. <laughs> it's an amazing game. <laughs> Very interesting, he, 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 very ambitious. Yeah, yeah he, he'd fall in love with the teddy bear and just sit there. You know, <laughs> it's really um, good. But the young, yeah, the younger <laughs> versions are really good for kids. By the way, um, yeah, it's really yeah, good. Yeah, this is a little more. Yeah. That's a bit a darker. More adult. <laughs> yeah, Batman appears and doesn't like you helping him. 
which which is interesting as well. He's not he's not he's not a fan of the kids helping him. <laughs> right. Well, guys, are you ready for my crazy roundtable <laughs> quick fire questions? About hey, can I ask you a question quickly? I'll go on then. Have you ever asked a question that was not crazy? <laughs> oh, <laughs> only once, and, in, in... and he regretted it. He instantly, he instantly regretted it. <laughs> These aren't the very, there's a few crazy questions, and most of them are quite mediocre. Um, do they have any of them? Do any of them have a body horror theme? No, that sh- I should. There is one about what superpower you might want. That's the closest, okay. I think. <laughs> but really quickly, what are your favourite uh, retro? Let's keep them retro if we can. Uh, comic book games on any platform so we sort of go around the table which way round uh, I'll start <laughs> with Rob then because I, I can see him on my screen uh, I kind of said mine earlier but Robocop v Terminator definitely yeah. number one um, any of the Marvel Capcom like I think games just underneath that nice Not Keith Meister um, yeah I went with X-Men versus Street Fighter as number one for me mm. either the arcade version or the Saturn version because um, that was obviously the start of all those crossover Marvel Street Fighter fighting games. Um, Marvel Superheroes was number two, which is also another one-on-one fighter. <laughs> I had I had that on the Saturn back in the day. Um, it's another one. It's almost arcade perfect. Love it. And um, Robocop versus Terminator was my third there you one. Go. That was my top three. So. Dilsey, I know you've probably got a list as long as your arm. <laughs> <laughs> You're stitching me up today. Don't you? You know, He's yeah. only got little arms. I don't. I think. I think He's got I think, little T-Rex arms. I think the listeners. Yeah. I think. I think the listeners have uh, have worked out. They, that I'm not the biggest. It. I'm not the biggest comic fan here. But if I had to, give us your Jordan Pickford length arm. Jordan Pickford <laughs> arm length list. Oh come yeah. on! It's like yeah, about it's about a fifth of his arm length. But uh, list. Uh, let me think. You guys just, it's obvious it's like Robocop versus Terminator is my favourite 16 bit um, comic book game uh, for reasons we've discussed in our, Ro- yes. in our Robocop versus. Don't play the SNES version, for the love <laughs> of God. Don't play the SNES version. Um, yeah. I really liked Spider Man versus Kingpin. Oh, what? On yeah. Mega Drive, because when I got my Mega Drive from Dan Harper many, many, many moons ago, that was one of the the games that I got with that massive bundle and it was, you know, I think the thing with the taking the photos and stuff and obviously you got to save it your yeah. web and you know, I, I couldn't compare it to the, to the, um, the comics cause I'm not into comics, but yeah, I, I just love that. Love that game. That and was one of the, I think that was one of the first sort of Marvel or superhero games I ever remember playing. I kind of made a note mm-hmm. to, to mention that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that Spider-Man versus Kingpin. It's good in it. That one. It's decent. Uh, it's decent. It is decent. Batman on the Amiga, again, well, mm-hmm. we've, we've, um, we've said is great. Uh, I really like Spider-Man 2 on the PS2. I'm surprised no one's mentioned that. Yes. So yeah. they were, you know, when we're getting into open world games properly in the early 2000s, the, the first Spider-Man was, was good. But then the second one was like, you are in New York City and you mm. are Spidey. And again, that. You know, for me, the the way it kind of eases you in, and it's not overly complicated, and you know, it's, that that was perfect for me. Uh, Spider Man Two. Um, let's said about Spider Man Three. On the whole, everywhere. <laughs> the film. <laughs> everywhere. Uh, last one, I guess I'd say is is funny one that no one really mentions it. It's based on the film, really. So I don't know if it's really based on comics, but Batman Begins uh, uh-huh. on the Xbox. 
and PS2. Uh, I don't know, Chris, if you've if you've played that much. I've pl- I played that. I got that when it came out. Uh, big fan of it. You can see uh, where Arkham uh, the Arkham games kind of sprung from with it. Mm. Uh, there was a great, great fear meter as well, as far as I remember. Fear followed meter, the yeah. mm-hmm. followed the movie very closely. It um, did, it, and the graphics were great. I think the, the looking back at it, it's a bit too linear, but it brought in all of that, all, like you said, all of the fight mechanics and the way that you can spook people and kind of set things off and then jump down on them as Batman. And it was, it was again, it was so easy to pick up. It's, it's not a classic. It's not a classic, but mm-hmm. but it's like being Batman. Christian Bale Batman. Then uh, yeah, no, I love that. Love that game. So, how about you, Chris? You got any personal faves? I do. Uh, first one that's it's not really surprising that I picked Batman for motion. Uh, I think the Amiga software uh, for the well, well the yeah. I mean, one. I think Amiga Amiga Amstrad version. Uh, I think most of them were pretty good. I mean, um, really, some genius coding going on there with that game. I mean, it turned uh, what could have just been a side scrolling plotting game. Um, into you know, so there's some interesting mini games there. You know where you've got to find the, the, the chemicals, you know, to combat the, the Joker Smilex. You've got on the Amiga, you've got that incredible uh, Batwing sequence. Um, the yes. music's fantastic, it's amazing. Um, you know, the, the final fight with the Joker up in the cathedral as you work your way up through the cathedral, absolutely brilliant. Um, yep. So it just captures the it captures the film uh, perfectly for me. Um, and then I said an honourable mention to Batman Return of the Joker in the NES um, because Sunsoft's music for that was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was Apparently it was supposed to be a sequel to uh, Ocean's Batman, yeah. uh, or sorry, Sunsoft's um, Batman game for the NES. Uh, so the Joker comes back, he's not dead, and then, you know, so interesting, mm-hmm. interesting, fem- uh, interesting thematically, you know. Second one is Marvel War of the Gems for the Snares. Uh, I like the big chunky sprites, and it contains Thanos, you know, it's one of the oh. Infinity, uh, Infinity War um, stories. Um, and number three, which is going to be a very controversial one, Incredible Hulk uh, for the Game Gear. I had it for the Ooh. Game Gear. Uh, it's also out for the Mega Drive and Snares. Uh, I love the fact that you can transform into Bruce Banner. The animation was fantastic. Um, and uh, quick aside for comic book fans, uh, Glenn Fabry did the artwork for it, the big cult head. Uh, he actually he did, he did the artwork for that one. Um, he's known as the master of the headshot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is he good at CSC and uh, Counter-Strike Go, I bet, then? No. Uh, no. Bad yeah. joke. Bad yeah, joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he's ever. I think he's ever played a computer game in his life. To be honest, but <laughs> keeps just shaking his go. head. Like, why would you make that joke? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, in Counter Strike, basically you've got to do headshots. If you don't do headshots, the same point even playing. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what yeah, about your it. age? I got it. Well, my favourite <laughs> game is based on a comic. I can't even pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Amiga game. I think Dylan might know this. I don't know if Keith and Rob... I think Chris, you might know it as well. Um, I'm going to try and pronounce the comic book. If I get it wrong, I apologise. It's a Belgium comic book series called La Tunique Bleu. And it's made by... Bleus? Bleus? By Raul Calvin and Louis... Uh, Salveri- uh, Salveri- Salveri- See, I've pronounced it all wrong. Apologies, Never read- apologies to all of our 
French speaking Belgian um, listeners. Yeah, that's. I pronounced it all wrong. It wasn't malicious. I just can't pronounce it. (laughs) We can't pronounce anything on this show. We can't, but I love it because they made a certain game. It was an offshoot called North and South. No, didn't. I thought you were going to say, yeah. Sorry, mate. And I still haven't played it. What is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> Has, Chris, have you played North and South? Is that the, the one about um, the, the American Civil War? Yeah, Civil yeah, War. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have played that there one, yeah. There you go. That's my favourite. It's pretty good. It's a great game. Um, right, next question. Which comic book video game was the most disappointing? Uh, and we Ace, all... did you say your favourites? North and South. Oh, okay. I, don't, I thought you were going to say Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> yeah i should actually that is a great game that's my second place uh second choice yeah do you know i was kind of surprised no one mentioned x-men on the mega drive because that is a very good game that just missed out for me um i say it's good i wouldn't say it was great it didn't have dazzler it's, in it's, it. it's, it's good yeah no dazzler <laughs> was there ever a video game you played a comic game that you thought oh this is going to be brilliant it's like oh this sucks apart from Spider-Man for the PS4 Dylan <laughs> it doesn't suck it just wasn't for me <laughs> that's what I would say I've got one I mean yeah. if, we, if we if we count in Turtles um, uh, Turtles Tournament Fighters on oh, the Mega no. Drive oh yeah because yeah. no. <laughs> I was really excited for that and it was rubbish and what it was really great. frustrating was the SNES version is actually pretty good I've heard. Yeah. Um, but the snow session is amazing. Well, not amazing. Drive, the controls are basic. It I was looked, so excited about it, Akiva's nah. little. Yeah, it was such a big... Dab. So that was one that I was really hyped for that just turned into a big disappointment. Yeah, that is amazing. Like, until you mentioned that, I literally forgot that game existed. And now Probably you've mentioned best. that, I remember being pretty hyped about it as well. Yeah. The review... The, no, the previews, it's amazing. The graphics look yeah, like... Yeah, because it was like, oh, Street Fighter 2, but with Turtles. I yes. Know. No. So that was mine. That was my big disappointment. Robbie, you got any? Um, <clears throat> disappointments. Uh, come back to me because there must be some, but I can't really think of any offhand right now. Chris, you got any? I do. Uh, Justice League Task Force. I come out in the. I think it was the Mega Drive. Um, so they build it as Street Fighter with your favorite oh, DC yes. characters. Yeah. Right. Uh, it tried to deliver um it even had superman with his weird sort of 80s long hair that he had uh, <laughs> at one stage um 80s 90s i think it was 90s actually um but yeah you know you, you get you get your classic sort of dc characters like aquaman um the real aquaman not this knockoff jason momoa oh, character yeah. <laughs> um yeah you got the proper aquaman here um you know flash wonder woman uh batman superman You've maybe got one or two special specials that they can do, but it's it's it just didn't deliver. It was fun in short doses, but the animation was pretty bad and just limited move sets, so didn't live up to the potential. Mm-hmm. Well, I have got one actually. Uh, Judge Dread on the Mega Drive. Of mm. course, we played that yeah. recently, didn't we? It's all right. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's yeah. But come on, it should be a lot better than that. Yeah. With that character. It's but... probably one of the the best retro dread games though it's not saying much but is that the <laughs> one where you kind of go because uh, there was one by Melbourne House that came out in the spectrum and it was dreadful uh, mm. but there's one you there's one is it the one where you can go past the movie and you go and face the dark judges at the end that you find <laughs> out that Rico was actually uh, have any of us got that far I'm not sure no, no. <laughs> and he, we, and he we played NBA jabs straight off 
<laughs> oh yeah, because that that was the first time you guys have played it. Played it. I had played it pri- prior to that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no. Yeah, I've only done a couple of levels of it. I I reviewed the SNES version years ago. Actually, it's on the site somewhere. I think it's yeah. all right. It's all right. But yeah, people didn't like it at the time. They were like, "Oh, dread has to be Badeus." It was not that Badeus. Well, to be fair, the film probably prepared them for the disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Stallone. Hey, we are going to. Me and Chris, we're angry now because we're going to defend Stallone, aren't we, Chris? I can. I can actually <laughs> defend the original Judge Dredd movie because Pat Mills, who a lot of people don't know this, Pat Mills was actually the co-creator of Dredd. It wasn't. It wasn't just John Wagner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat told me the story of how Dredd came to be. And it's not based in Clint Eastwood. It's actually based on a, a monk that he hated at school. He went to a Catholic school, and this monk was dreadful, like a really, you know, despotic figure. And um, they ha- he had this idea for Judge Dredd. Originally, it was going to be like a Hammer Horror-esque uh, story about a hangman who, who would go around and sort of, he, was, he would hang people, you know, witches oh. and all sorts of things. And then John Wagner had the idea for, uh, for like a futuristic cop. But when Carlos Esquera, uh, late great Carlos Esquera, drew the drew Dread based on uh, Franco's sort of police force, uh, Wagner didn't want anything to do with it. But it was Pat that pulled it forward. He went on set on '95's Dread, and he said that he it was incredible. He said you know to see that that whole future vision, uh, Mike McMahon's original sort of um, Mega City One poster that that, that he did mm. come to life. And if you're eagle-eyed, you'll spot uh, an ABC warrior in the movie, uh, Hammerstein. He's in there. He gets he gets uh, activated by Rico. So uh, and it, it did a good job, I think, of trying to portray like the as much as they could, like the Angel mm-hmm. family, and they tried to shoehorn in so much. Mm-hmm. I think that was the problem. Yeah, yeah. not enough Stallone my liking. Not enough Stallone and shooting. <laughs> shooting and, yeah. He took his helmet off. There was too much Stallone. <laughs> too yeah, much Stallone, exactly. Uh, he did. He, yeah. he did. But he does it in the comic as well. He does it, you know, uh, Dread takes the helmet off and, and all sorts of things, you know. But yes, traditionally, people say he shouldn't. Didn't that take like 10 or 15 years for him to do that, though? On like, Yeah, it was. Yeah, it did. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was not around the time of the film. He didn't mm. take the helmet off. But later on, there, he, he goes to the Cursed Earth. He basically wakes up in the Cursed Earth. They just know who he is. And he has no helmet on. Mm. Uh, and then okay. he realizes who he is later on. And he puts the, puts the helmet back on. And I don't think he's taken it off since, maybe. There you sure. go. It's glued on, I reckon. Yeah, they've glued it on him. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to ask, actually, is there a comic book character or even villain, there you go, that you would love to see a video game based around? Like, you know, maybe a character that hasn't really been given the limelight they possibly deserve. And what sort of game would you love to see? Well, while we're on the subject, I was I was thinking of like uh, a modern Judge Dredd game mm. in a kind of open world, not gta kind of style almost reverse gta because you're going after it'd the be criminals. a bit like crackdown but, wouldn't it you guys take crackdown, yeah. the new ones yeah it'd be just like that, be it? you know being able to explore mega city one and mm. uh, that kind of get you know with today's graphics and i think that would be fantastic i'd love to yeah. see something like that mm-hmm. yeah good shout <laughs> uh i would like to see my favorite comic book character of all in terms of superhero kind of characters uh, I don't think I don't know if he's may, really been in a game apart from the one, one that maybe was brought out um, to kind of co-align with the awful film, but Daredevil. 
Oh. I don't know if there's really ever been like a kind of a, a good Daredevil game. And in terms of like power base, that's like perfect for a kind of scrolling uh, beat 'em up platforming game. Mm. I'm struggling mm. to think of many games he's been in. I know um, the Spider-Man game on the 32X. You can you, well, you sort of collect stuff. Daredevil icons, and he can mm. you can ha- you can play as him. Um, but apart from that, I can't think of too many others. Like I don't he's think... in Marvel Ultimate Alliance. He's ah, in it. Okay. Uh, he's in those kind of films or sorry games. I think uh, much like the film, well, no, uh, that's not at all like the films actually. But like, um, there's I don't know if there's ever been a Punisher game that really kind of lives up to the character either. Oh, I was going to say like Punisher, yeah. it's really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, you Is should that play that. Rob. Arcade or? Um, it was arcade, and it came out on the Mega Drive as well. Um, it, yeah, so side scrolling. You know, classic beat 'em up, but it, with, with with guns. But it's it's really good. Yeah, you should try and check that out if you can. Yeah, I'll try and find it. Mm. Okay, I've just googled Dazzler X Men, so I think there could be a good game there. <laughs> Maybe like a point point and click adventure. How Dazzler got her powers? What what are her powers? She you was a mute. Them? Like she was born with the powers, and they manifested themselves at some point. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, so the the Dazzler origin story. Um, how about you, Chris? Anything interesting? Um, I think a Swamp Thing game could be could be good. Oh, Swamp um, Thing! Yeah. I mean, there's a character I actually quite like called Darkman. He was given a game back in the eight bit era, uh, and nobody nobody liked the film, but because my home. Oh, wasn't Liam wasn't Neeson that Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson. Yeah. It was, wasn't it? He yeah. he uh, he comes from my hometown. Uh, I've had the privilege of meeting him. Uh, lovely guy. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see the, uh, you know a reboot of Darkman. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of potential for those kind of like minor characters, like Darkman, Swamp Thing. Uh, Swamp Thing could be a fun, you know, like uh, an Incredible Hulk style sort of game mm. where you just go by trash in the place. Uh, all in the all in the name of uh, ecological harmony. You know. <laughs> Nice, um, Dylan. Are you you got your uh, tongue tied? Have you got any ideas? I think there you... should be a really good open world Spider-Man game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, and it'll come out on the PlayStation Five, and you're going to be looking out for it. It'll be PlayStation down... Five, and it needs to be very combat heavy and have a boss fight within the first <laughs> yeah. ten minutes, and I'm there. <laughs> yeah, Bob's your uncle. All right, who? We can just forget about video games for a second, but who's your favourite comic book character and villain from the comic book universe? I don't know. <laughs> you don't have a favourite at all? I like Spider-Man. Who's <laughs> 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 uh, answer? For me, I know it's boring and I know it's cliche, but Batman and the Joker, I just, you know, I've always loved Batman. I've always kind of loved, loved different the different takes there's been on him over the years, you know, from the campness of the 60s TV series to the darker sort of Frank Miller stuff in the 80s, um, and just his relationship with the Joker down the years as well. I've never, never grown tired of it. So, yeah, they're, they're mine. Like Rob Meister? Uh, favorite villain got to be Doctor Doom. Nice. Like, just in terms of kind of a depth of character, he's just so interesting. Like, he, uh, he kind of comes back to kind of take over his home country because he's a genius. And, like, he learns magic because he wants to rescue his mum from hell. <laughs> and it's like, but he's so arrogant at the same time. 
there's this amazing like old 70s uh, comic uh, where Luke C- it's Luke Cage comic and Luke Cage at this point is in Heroes for Hire like you can literally hire him to do any job you want and uh, so he kind of does a job for Latveria and he doesn't get paid so he flies all the way to Latveria and he, he like goes <laughs> to the throne room and, and like Doom is like well what's going on here and he goes where's my money honey <laughs> and like punches Doom out and apparently this is at the time where like uh, a lot of the kind of creators were very territorial over their characters I think it was John Byrne who like wrote Fantastic Four around there and he was like man you've just made Doom look like, look like a bitch <laughs> so about a, month, about a month or so later he actually put this dialogue in the next issue of Fantastic Four pointing out that that was in fact a Doom bot and not actually oh, Doom. <laughs> you're joking me but uh, like, that's classic um, yeah, in terms of superheroes, I think I said like earlier on, Daredevil. Just so many, the writing on Daredevil is just so good. Again, just a fascinating character. Like the Frank Miller run is the best, but you know Mark Wade uh, did a great run a few years back. Uh, Brubaker, Ed Brubaker did like a kind of very noirish one. A lot of people like Brian Michael Bendis, like one that I'm not really a fan of his writing, but I think in general Daredevil. But if we're talking like all time comics got to be Love and Rockets, like this amazing kind of 80s, uh, like kind of punk, post-punk, uh, you know, basically kind of story about these, t- these two brothers like wrote it and um, I get wrote it and like drew it and they'd each do one half of it. And one half is like set in, I guess, modern day California. It's like uh, kind of these punk teenagers who live there. And uh, the other one is set in this like fictional Mexican magical realist town but again very like kind of punk influenced and like each of these ones kind of go backwards and forwards in time and like they kind of live in different universes the style is really different but together they're so so good like the writing is so good and time is actually moving on in real time they're still putting out stuff now it's been going like 40 years plus these characters have aged like 40 years wow span of the comic book it's like that film boy with what's his face ethan hawk and they Film Boy. the boy, boyhood. That's it. Yeah, so it's like that, but that's not a good comic book film. It's not. A... <laughs> yeah, Chris, have you got any favourites? I do. Uh, I think Constantine's a great um, character. Uh, you know, ugh, the movie wasn't great, but uh, the comic book runs fantastic. You know, it's it's, it's hard to do a, a keep a, a magic based character compelling, but uh, you know, some really good dark um, stories. Uh, TV show actually. The DC Comics TV show, which only got one series, uh, is worth watching if you want a, a soft introduction to the character before you move into the comics. Uh, favorite villain villain is actually Oximandus from the Watchmen. Uh, Adrian Veidt, I think it's Veidt or whatever is uh, pronounced yeah, his last name. Um, he was a great intellectual uh, counterpoint um, to what was going on on Watchmen, uh, and like all good villains, seems fairly reasonable. Mm-hmm. He seems fairly reasonable when he, when he's given his sort of his his uh, monologue about why he does what he does, mm. and you can almost go along with it, except that the the ends never really justify the means. Would you work for him, Chris, if he offered you a job? Because you know he's a good talker. Um, probably would I, but then he kills everybody that works for him. You know when he oh, when he yeah. has his his scheme at the end. I think it's the last last two pages of the of the comic book that the scientists have all worked for him. Well, right. I end up dying. So, um, yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, spoiler alert! If you haven't watched, if you haven't watched it yet, 
um, guys, when I was growing up, I, I, we used to have top trump cards. Remember of different yeah, things. Yeah. And I had one. Trump, top trump cards. What's yeah. That, what you were going to say? I was going to get into that. I, I used to own a pack. I don't know if it was Marvel. I suppose it couldn't be Marvel in DC. I, I, I just remember it being superheroes and villains. But I think it was. Uh, Marvel actually yeah and there was always two cards in the pack when I was playing it going I hope I've got these two characters and they weren't the most powerful they weren't the, the best stats there was just something about these two characters that I always thought were quite interesting and randomly they both are from the same comic book universe and they're both villains so I'm being a bit bad, a bit of a bad boy answering this question. But I always quite like Green Goblin and Doctor Octopus. I don't know why. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they look cool. Um, I just like the style. They look quite out, out this earth. I just, and I don't know much about their backstory and what sort of personalities they have really. But I always like those two cards. And if I had those two cards, I thought I'm going to win this. But you didn't. Yeah? But I didn't because <laughs> they weren't the best. <laughs> I think. Um, What's his face in X-Men was the strongest? Is he, is he in Marvel? Am I talking rubbish? X-Men's Marvel, yeah. Yeah, the, the main dude, Mag- Magneto. Uh, Magneto. Yeah, he was the most powerful card, I think. But, yeah, are you, are you guys fans of the old Green Goblin and Doctor Octopus? Oh, yeah. Yeah, classic Spider-Man villains, yeah. You know, uh, in the recent Spider-Man, I say recent, it's probably about five years ago now, um, Doctor Octopus has his evil plot, and I think he's about to die, but instead... Uh, he takes over Spider-Man's body. <gasps> I've got a really great series. Wow. wow. Brilliant series. Yes, yeah, Superior Spider-Man. It is actually very good. Yeah. Nice. Excellent series. Um, really quickly, because we're, we, you know, we're, we're, we're chatting for a while now, but really quickly, what's your favourite comic book uh, film? <clears throat> Punisher Warzone. It's, what, in fact, I'll go you with... love that, don't you, Rob? No, no, always no. bring that up. <laughs> no, there's three Punisher films. You'll think the Dolph Lundgren one was 1990. Then you have the Thomas Jane, John Travolta one in the late mm-hmm. 90s. Oh. But no, Punisher Warzone is uh, like this. It's, I think, not only the best comic book adaptation of all time, but probably uh, the be- one of the best literary adaptations of all time. It gets like the kind of Garth Ennis Punisher character so right. Like this kind of force of nature that no one can bargain with and no one can try and kind of like dissuade and will just have a single minded to kind of kill every bad guy in front of him. It's just so good. Either that or Scott Pilgrim, which oh, yes. comes to the comic books. Yes. Also, fantastic film and terrific adaptation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Keith, my, my um, stuff. Yeah, I mean, I was going to jump and go, oh, The Dark Knight. I do love The Dark Knight. It's a great film. But then I'd stopped and thought about it a bit more. Um, Sin City. Now, mm. if, if only for the fact that it really does bring the Frank Miller graphic novels to life, the way it was done. At the time, it was just absolutely mind blowing. You know, it was sort of frame for frame, some of it. Um, and it's just perfect. Um, so that's Sin City. And also I wanted to mention, because I don't know if you guys would have seen it. Chris might have seen it. Um, there's an animated version of The Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Um, where with Peter Weller uh, voicing Batman. He of Robocop. Yeah, there you go. Um, he of Robocop fame. That's really well done. Um, and that's one of my favorite Batman stories as well, The Dark Knight Returns. Um, so that's worth checking out, the animated movie of that. But yeah, they, they were the ones that sprung to mind anyway for me. Dylan, I, I, I was a big fan of the Michael Keaton Batman's. Mm, I mean, they, yes, they were. Um, again, I didn't have the comic book to to compare it to, but just the whole atmosphere of both of them is just like even watching it, even watching them back now, it's just 
They're just amazing, yeah. I think. I, you know, everyone knows how much I love the Christian Bale Batman. Yeah. But I think, I mean, the, the, the atmosphere of those Keaton ones kind of gets it, kind of just, just, just kind of pips it for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I can never turn down the Spider-Man film. No, 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 no. Mm. Love my Spider-Man movies. I even <laughs> like the Andrew Garfield ones. I, I just like, you know, I just give, <laughs> give me, give me, give me, give me more Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> yeah. I still remember when me and you went to see Spider-Man 3. Oh, stop, 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 stop. What just okay. happened? <laughs> all of them. Oh. Those Tobey Maguire ones were all right, but then they had to go really, that one was really. Just, yeah. I mean, talk about shoehorning things in. I mean, that mm. was just one big shoehorn, wasn't it? But <laughs> You didn't think Spider-Man thing. needed more dancing? No. Oh, God. <laughs> dancing. Or emo hair. Emo oh, hair. The emo turning hair up and, and, yeah. Oh, God, it's terrible. It was just a mess, wasn't it? But... The first two Toby Maguire ones I found very entertaining. So, yeah, I'm always up for those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Chris? Most of them are crap. But, <laughs> they are uh, mostly crap. I do, I do. Yeah. <laughs> they are mostly crap. I did like Punisher Warzone, I have to say that. Do you think it was really good? Nice, brittle portrayal of uh, Frank Castle. Uh, for me, it's always going to be the first Batman, 1989. Um, yeah, yeah. It, is, it is the best superhero film ever made because uh, they're not trying to tell a superhero story, they're trying to tell a dark gothic fantasy mm-hmm. and um, you know you've got the, the you're actually seeing the very complicated side of Batman with Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. um, you know uh, we've got a nice love interest with Vicky Vale and Jack Nicholson's just superb oh, as a Joker yeah. He's unbelievable. I don't think he can get he, he can't get much better than that um, it's just fantastic I learned an important life lesson from that film as well. Which is? Never rub another man's rhubarb. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? While we're kind of vaguely on the subject. What, rhubarb? I, rhubarb rubbing. <laughs> like, it's Batman Returns is like one of my t- obviously top three. I think if I had to name a third, I would have said that. But why isn't Batman Returns considered a Christmas movie? Like, oh, the whole thing again. is a I'm Christmas, as a Christmas tree. <laughs> what? It totally is. It totally yeah. is, yeah. It's It's... Am Even the game, the games, the SNES games all on Christmas. It's a Christmas, Christmas film. I mean, yeah, same, I suppose, if if you think Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then you probably think yeah. Batman Returns is a Christmas movie. Don't but you? it is, like, Die They're Hard both at Christmas Gremlins. time. They're both at Christmas time. In the snow, or <laughs> not so much snow in Die Hard, but, you know. Yeah. Right, who's your favourite Batman and Joker, really quickly? Your favourite act, not necessarily the best but oh, it's got to be Keaton and yeah, Keaton and Nicholson, I reckon. I Keaton. think me and Keith are going to answer the same thing on this. Three, two, one, go. Hot Boy and Hamill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Chris? Who's portrayed Batman and Joker? Uh, Keaton and Hamill for me. Oh, really? Nice. So no Joaquin, no um, Heath Ledger then for Joker. Oh, Heath, uh, Heath did a great job. I mean, you know, rest in peace, Heath. Yeah. He did a fantastic job. Loved it. Loved, loved the Dark Knight. But yeah, yeah, Nicholson Nicholson pips it for me, I think. Just yeah, yeah. People are shouting at us right now. People, um, loads of people are shouting at us, yeah. Final Someone's question. Always shouting at us. <laughs> final question. It, it's a great, funny, silly question. But if you could choose any if you could have any superpower from any comic book hero or, or even one you never heard you know, seen written down before, what superpower would you most like to have and why? Should we kick off with I can see Rob thinking. Uh, Dylan looks like he's got an answer. I've always wanted to fly around. Let's just fly around like Superman. Screw it. 
Yeah. Or, or even even just give me some web some web machines for my for my for my wrists, and I'll uh, I'll do some web slinging, man. Do some <laughs> yeah, web yeah, slinging yeah. around no Croydon fighting. Town. No fighting. No, no fighting. complicated no. combat. No big no boss <laughs> No boss fights. <laughs> yeah, because you love Spider Man. Uh, Keith, you got an answer? Um, I, I've always thought invisibility would be a good one. Just being able to sneak. Oh be, yeah, sneak in yeah. Every... We know what you want that for, mate. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. no, <laughs> busted. Be, basically, you could go anywhere and do anything. And that's you know, yeah. Come on, put yeah. it away, Keith. Keep it, <laughs> keep it decent. But no, yeah, invisibility. Have you got a power, Chris? We've already finished with Rob, I think. Uh, yeah, probably Thanos's uh, Infinity Glove. Oh, you can just snap your fingers and make most people that you don't like go away. <laughs> oh, that would be beautiful. Well, I mean, I mean, imagine, imagine that. Just be able to snap your fingers. You know, somebody annoys you. Nice. Snap your fingers. It's gone away. Right, yeah. Should have broke your thumb. Yeah. Um, sorry, Rocky you know, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go with an X. I haven't thought about it for a minute or two. I'm going to go, have to go with an X-Man. Either Professor Xavier, like those kind of psychic abilities, that would be pretty cool, or... <laughs> Uh, qu- the quote-unquote gayest X-Man, Cypher. Like, uh, I'm, you, you guys have seen Archer, I'm guessing? Yeah, uh, Archer, yeah. You get that yeah. reference? Anyway, yeah, Cypher is like, uh, he has this power where he can work out how anything works and communicate with it. So, like, he can make any machine work and do whatever wow. he wants and can learn any language and like, I guess, instantaneously and can learn like how cool. to Cypher how yeah. anything works. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I was watching uh, Simpsons the other day, and I think I—I I think it's quite a new episode, so it wasn't particularly good. Ooh. But <laughs> Comic Book Man was writing his own comic uh, hero. Have you seen that episode by any chance? Every man, every. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. It's—it's kind of—it's actually all right. It was one of those new episodes which was, was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, I would like to have every man's power. So he's never. <laughs> So all the powers. Basically, if he touches a comic book, he takes his power. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a cheat answer? Yes. No. Oh, I mean, okay. it's, we'll allow I it. mean we've compared to like a power glove. <laughs> every man. He can have every power. Every man. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, Chris, it's been a real honour having you on uh, the last week and uh, this week as well. Um, I'm sure we'll get you on in a future podcast in as well. Um I hope you enjoyed it. What, what do you reckon, Chris? You had a good time? Oh, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed this very much, folks. Uh, thanks very much for having me on. Thanks you're for stopping by, mate. Yeah, yeah thanks for you. coming, Chris. <laughs> yeah, cheers. And guys, yeah, we'll catch you in the next episode and we'll see you this time next week. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at UK, at KeithBarlow82 and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcadeattackuk. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top tens, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, Take care and we'll speak to you soon.